Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Want to shout out to my global audience, really appreciate you. Those of you in Vegas, you're always appreciated, you know. And those of you in Southern Cal, Florida, Texas, Maryland, Virginia, and all those good states on the eastern seaboard, Midwest, South, and Northwest, and West, Southwest, I love you all. Asia, Europe, Africa, Australia, India, wherever you're listening, we love you. All right, what we're going to do today, we're going to go through some email. And upon doing so, I'm going to give you my two cents. You've got mail. Subject. Thank you for your podcast on maintaining love in difficult situations. Dear Jawson, I hope this email finds you well. My name is Jane, and I am a 25-year-old woman from London, United Kingdom. I am writing to you today because I recently came across your podcast, Romantic Truth, and I have found it to be incredibly insightful and inspiring. I have been facing a difficult situation in my marriage, and your podcast has given me hope and perspective. My 27-year-old husband was in a car accident a year ago, which left him paralyzed from the waist down. Since then, he has had to adjust from having a very high libido to celibacy, which has been a challenging journey for both of us. Although my husband has told me that he understands if I were to have an affair, I have remained loyal to him. It is not easy, and I often struggle with the urge to seek physical intimacy outside of our marriage. However, I love my husband deeply and cannot bear the thought of hurting him. Your podcast has reminded me of the importance of communication and understanding in relationships. It has also encouraged me to keep an open mind and to remain positive despite the challenges that we face. Thank you for the work that you do. Your podcast has been a source of comfort and inspiration for me during this difficult time. Please keep up the great work, and I look forward to listening to more episodes in the future. Sincerely. Jane. Jane, I thank you for those kind words, my dear. They mean a lot. You're the fourth email that we received from the UK on this show. People in the UK usually don't write in that often. Um, here's the thing. It's admirable that you're sticking by your husband. And it's really a tragedy that at such a young age, he's in a condition based on an accident. All the best as far as recovery. I can definitely understand where you're coming from with your frustration on this. The one thing that we can't predict is when something may go wrong, and it may not be our fault. 
then again, in some cases, it could be. But in any case, life doesn't have to be fair to us. We just have to be fair to each other. Now, and we only have to do that based on individual effort, of course. Here's the thing that I would say. When it comes down to a situation like this, it was a conscious decision you had to make. Because as you see it, you're in your prime in, at 25 or so. And, um, wow. That's an early commitment for a long-term obligation. But you're committed to be with them, and that's what matters. And the two of you are going to try to see if you can work it out, and I'm sure he's going through a living hell because he's a young man and now he doesn't feel as though he can satisfy you. That's a hurtful thing. But Jane, I want you to think about something else too. There are women who are in their 40s now that married men in their 50s and 60s and these guys have ED, erectile dysfunction. And in some cases, they cannot take the magic pill, Viagra or Cialis in order to um, raise their libido. Now, I don't know what kind of medication or what you guys are doing as far as uh, taking care of that in that department. I'm not a scientist, not a doctor. But I know it could be frustrating for you. Now, it's a tough go matter how you look at it. And being that you're so young and he's so young that this tragedy happened, it kind of looked bleak for the future, I'm sure. He was looking out for your welfare in the sense of telling you, hey, you can go out and be with other people if you want. Don't don't waste your youth on me is what he was saying. But you voluntarily say, oh, I don't care about that about you that's a good thing now I'm sure that you guys are figuring out some kind of way to have sex um, there's nothing wrong with that I mean you're doing the best you can however there are some other things too that we have to come to the realization of as well the change in people around you as a couple you probably noticed that some people that don't want to really associate some believe in taboo and superstition others may believe that you're going to ask them for something and yet others don't want to have the complication of having to deal with you and inviting you to an you know an engagement or something like that and then having to deal with the wheelchair and all the rest of that business I get it I'm disabled, I know. Visually impaired, it's a lot worse, let me tell you. Because people don't want you with the stick, that's what it's about. The other thing too, you guys are going to go closer together because of this tragedy than you ever were before. Based on your commitment to him and his commitment to you. Now, 
I don't know if he's going to therapy now, but if he's showing any kind of anger that has to do with his frustration of being in a wheelchair at such a young age, um, if he's trying to take it out on you or that kind of thing, you might need to go to counseling to see whether or not you guys can really resolve that where he can get that out of his system. He's not mad at you personal. Probably mad at himself, mad at the situation, mad at the circumstances, the people involved in the accident. It could be a plethora of things. But there can't be that much room in your relationship for that kind of frustration and anger if it exists. And the only reason why I say this is because of the fact that you also have to address some of the things that impacted you person you love, he's not wheelchair bound. So you saw a drastic change in that individual. And I don't know if you've even recovered from that. So don't feel so isolated because you know you're in a situation where you may be in a relationship where there are some challenges as far as the intimacy between the two of you. There are a lot of couples that deal with that. There's one couple that contacted me and the wife was complaining about the husband not getting erect. But he was erect enough to go to have an affair with one of her best friends. And I had to tell her the harsh truth. It's probably her that he's not aroused by anymore. So it has different forms. But in this case, of course, it's a result of the accident, probably nerve damage. I'm assuming. Don't know. But you have a good attitude. And that's what's important. And you have a willing to accept change. And that's going to foster the growth in your relationship between the two of you. And it's only the first year dealing with him in this situation so you still are traumatized a bit I would assume but what's going to happen is this after this condition is normalized in your relationship and you guys have worked around some of the challenges it's going to be acceptable it's going to be something that the two of you will be able to function with together thing he didn't do was to react by running. Instead, he responded by understanding. And therefore, you'll be able to go forward and really be a vital component in his recovery. Because he's not only trying to recover physically, emotionally, and mentally. He more than likely feels like he let you down. But it wasn't his fault. It was an accident. So we have to deal with the consequences. And I will tell you, so far you've done more than some married women who have been married for years to their husbands. Or some husbands who have been married years to their wives. As I told you guys before, 
went out on a date with a lady and I told her about me having glaucoma in my early stages and she told me never to get sick with her she said if I ever got sick we can't have a relationship she's not taking care of no broke down ass man that's the reason why I didn't pursue a relationship with her and years later she became disabled and those very things that she held up against a broke down ass man she learned from being down herself without the expectation of it the one thing to keep in mind and this is what a lot of people fail to realize in some ways you're becoming a beacon of hope for him you're going to be his motivation to stay in it to work hard at it because he doesn't want to disappoint you on this level you stuck with him before when he was healthy and you're sticking with him now and even though you may have reassured him that you're not going anywhere he might still have that pressure of thinking I can't mess up I can't slip up I can't and you have to explain to him that the relationship can still continue the way it was we have to face some challenges here but it can still go forward now Yes. But I think you also may need to just go to counseling, maybe a session or two, just to find out where you guys are emotionally. Just to make sure that you guys uh, are in sync with your feelings. think you're with him out of pity. I think you're with him out of love. Nobody wants to be with someone out of pity. But it caught you at a different time in life. A life of your prime when you and you'd probably be out there and be the power couple. Still can. But the thing is not to lose confidence in each other stay true to each other and go forward enjoying life because after all let me tell you something it's hard enough to find someone decent to be your partner and when you do sometimes it works to your advantage when you guys are together and on the same page with everything as much as you can going to have disagreements and one thing that I would tell you to be very sensitive about and understand there will be times when he can't get his way to do something the doctor may prescribe medicine for him or something like that and he doesn't want to take it and then you have to convince him to take the medication for his own benefit and if he tries to use a disability against you by saying oh you're only doing that because I'm in a wheelchair 
is hidden below the belt. You need to call him up if he does something like that. Because sometimes people can get so frustrated with their condition that they lash out against people. Ask anyone who's dealt with a parent who had dementia. Oh, the accusations will fly. Oh, you stole my purse. You stole my shoes. You stole my... It's like, no, here they are right here. Oh, somebody must have taken them. You sure? No, they were right there. You have to deal with those things. So the main thing is, you guys are on the road to healing. It's going to be a day-by-day thing. Because, let me tell you what having a disability is like, folks. It's like you have this thing that you can never get rid of. And you're going to be judged by that before they even get a chance to know you. And if you're a minority, you're going to be judged based on that too. They're not going to see any value in you, what I'm getting at society, that's what happens. But then there's a level of insensitivity, too. People come in, well, if you're blind, then how can you still see? Because they only think in extremes. When you're visually impaired, that means your vision has been reduced immensely. That means there are certain colors you don't see. That means that the depth perception that you once had is gone. So you have to have something like a stick in order to measure you walking off a curve to see whether or not the curve is deep enough for what you anticipate. Because if it's not, you're going to fall. And then you got to know how to fall. you got to learn how to fall on your plank. kind of things. And you have some people that just don't want to be around anyone with any kind of conditions because it ruins their image, ruins their look. And I see you're not concerned about that and that's a good thing. I think the marriage is going to work. I think you guys started out with a solid foundation. And I know those desires are going to come up. And you want to focus on him with those desires. Well, he can definitely participate and help you. got mail. Subject, love and bullshit. Dear Jason, I hope this email finds you well. I am Cheryl, a 33-year-old woman from Lansing, Michigan, and an avid listener of your podcast, Romantic Truth. I am writing to seek your advice on a matter that has left me feeling confused and heartbroken. 
Yesterday, I took off work early to prepare a surprise birthday party for my boyfriend of three years at our shared apartment. I picked up decorations from Walmart and arranged to meet my best friend April, who is 30 and platinum blonde, to help me decorate the place before my boyfriend came home from work. However, when I walked in, I found April and my boyfriend making love. It was then that I discovered that they had been seeing each other behind my back for a year. I was devastated and felt betrayed by the two people I trusted the most. I am now at a crossroads and don't know what to do. While they have apologized and promised to end their affair, I am not sure if I should forgive them and move on or end the relationship altogether. As someone who provides advice on matters of the heart, I am hoping you can offer me some guidance. How do I know if I can trust them again? Should I forgive them, or is it time to end things and move on? Thank you for taking the time to read my email. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Sincerely, Cheryl. Cheryl? I would end that relationship now. If, you, if I were you. Let me give you some things that I noticed. In your email, you said she was platinum blonde. She's younger than you. One mistake you've made that a lot of women know about, you know that woman that looks hotter than you do? Uh, you never, ever, ever in proximity of your man without her being in your presence. That would help you a lot. They've been going on a year with this. It's far beyond an excuse. There are no excuses. A year. If it was a one-time thing or something like that, that would be different. A year, they had a full-blown relationship. He has told your friend everything that's wrong with you already. So everything, it was as if he was a, had a camera in your bedroom. So he's pretty much purged to her about everything that you guys have done and what you don't do and what you don't do for him. Now, it's commendable that you were trying to surprise him with a birthday party and you see where it left you. But here's the thing. You got to look at it from the positive perspective. You'd rather know now than to know a year from now or a year after that. There's no need to try to rehash that friendship that relationship it's a done deal because no matter what it's going to be very speculative going forward to even trust them in general if he goes to work you're wondering whether or not he's with her you don't have time for that you have no time for that now here is the thing I would ask who started the relationship first. If I were going to try to salvage it, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. But it seems to me that you still want to be with him. You still want to be your friend. You're inviting the devil to a dance. <laughs> no. If you were to pursue a relationship with him and to keep a friendship with her, I'd recommend that you have two counseling sessions, one with 
you and him, one with you and her, with the understanding that the two of you will be on shaky ground at best. I just don't see it working. I really don't. And the problem is this. You're going to give this man a nice celebration and a surprise birthday party. And so his birthday gift from your girlfriend was some pussy. Something that was supposed to have been reserved for you to give him. Yeah. I don't see any clear landing zone for this. As far as a friendship being retained or a relationship being retained. Now, he did this probably out of convenience. But let's see some of the takeaways that you should get from this. One, you want to always, if your girlfriend is hotter than you are, you want to always want to know that she's not in proximity of your man by herself. Now, true enough, you can't put a damn uh, air tag on her or nothing like that. But the reason why I say this in particular, there had to be some sort of uh, time where they were with each other, where they came up with this idea. And the only thing you have to do is just think back to when that opportunity could have been presented. And that'll give you an idea of when certain things started where initially it would have been okay but see here's the reason why you can't trust her one what do most women do when a guy makes a pass at them that belongs to their girlfriend or their best friend's husband they tell just like a child they go and tell in this case she didn't bother telling she just went right along as your friend and if you would not have come home that day from Walmart, or you would have came in later, oh, everything would have been just fine. You wouldn't have known. But now that you do, what would you do? You see, <laughs> the other night I was watching uh, I Survived. As many of you know, I like that show. And there was a gentleman on there, Southern California, went out surfing. And he was getting ready to mount his surfboard because he went way out against the longest wave he could possibly get. And he had his back toward the north. And he was getting ready to mount his surfboard when he was tossed up in the air happened was a great white shark, a 16-footer, got a bite into him from his shoulder blade down to his buttocks, and he plopped down in the ocean, took him underwater. The guy struggled and got away from the first attack, tried to swim back to his surfboard. The shark came back up, 
and swallowed his whole leg all the way up to his testicles. He took his other foot and kicked the shark. Shark let go. A pot of dolphins, about 40 dolphins, came in and that's what saved him. As he struggled to get back to the surfboard, he went over to his friend who was out there waiting for the surf. He was telling them, I gotta get to shore. Well, his friend didn't really know what was going on and went over there to him and saw all of the uh, puncture wounds in his back and saw the meat just churned on his leg. So they got him back to shore. Now, what I'm saying is he still wants to go out and surf again. And he has some reservations about it. He says, I'm not going to go out as far. And I'm going to make sure that if I think about seeing a shark, then I'm going to come into shore. He says, I'm not quite sure if I even want to do it again. And what that tells you is that once bitten, once learned. He'd never been bitten by a shark before. He'd never been attacked by one. Some people have never been cheated on the relationship. But what do people try to avoid? Just like he tried to avoid that shark, thanks to the dolphins. If they weren't out there, he would have been in the history books as a missing surfer. I think he had to get something like 61 uh, staples. No, he had to get 61 puncture wounds taken care of and staple. They had to staple up his back and his leg. They have to understand that with this level of betrayal betrayal. You know, like in court, we sit on a jury. If you commit a crime, if it's just like something you went and robbed a bank or something like that, you're going to get a lot of time because you had weapons and you had the potential of threatening someone's life. If you're a bank executive and you still $35 million. They're sentenced you to probably two to three years. Probably get six months with the rest of it house arrest. So even though this had more of a long-term effect, just like a banker who would steal money out of it, it still has the shock of someone robbing a bank, but it only takes a few minutes for them to go out and steal a fraction of what the bank officer in this example would have taken. But the impact for you is still the same. There's no difference. There's a difference in the law. 
but there's no difference in your feelings. So, naturally, you come out probably a lot better with peace of mind letting them both know. Starting out fresh. But see, you're so shocked right now that you probably don't want to let it go. You want to know why. You want to know the answers. And I will tell you the truth. In some cases, it can't be explained. It just can't be explained. And it's sad. And they may not get any closure either. Well, here's the thing that I will definitely sum up and say. You can tell them, hey, you know what? I'm not going to forgive you for this. You know, you can go on. The two of you need to be together. That you guys have worked out a relationship together over a one-year period. I don't want to interfere anymore. So I'm removing myself from your lives. And in that way, that cuts out all of the back and forth with each of them trying to make their own individual plea for you. And if you really want to be absurd and ridiculous, you can say, okay, if we get back into this relationship, and you don't even have to do this, but just suggest it. I want to make love in front of her. I want to make love with her in front of you without you touching us. Without you ever wanting to be with us. If they both agree on that, that shows you how desperate they are. You still would need to be with them as friends. As lovers. No, they messed up. I'm sure she didn't tell you while she was going out with you to different places that, oh, by the way, you know, uh, your boyfriend's giving me dick every night. Of course not. It was all on the download. That's my suggestion to you, my dear. If I were you, both of them would lay dormant, would deal with it. And it would be based on the fact that it was a conspiracy. It would be based on the fact that the longevity of the relationship. And believe it or not, I'd base it on it individually. He didn't have the discipline to resist her and tell you. She didn't have the integrity to tell you as her friend. So the integrity and the trust argument are the two things you have at your advantage in order to leverage against them as to why you're ending the relationship with him and the friendship with her. You've got mail. Subject. 
seeking advice on interracial dating. Dear Jawson, I hope this email finds you well. My name is Emma and I'm a big fan of your podcast, Romantic Truth. I'm writing to seek your advice on a matter that's been on my mind lately. I am a 45-year-old recently divorced mother of two teenage daughters. As a family, we have always been open-minded and accepting of people from all walks of life. However, when it comes to interracial dating, we've always had reservations. My ex-husband and I have taught our daughters to be proud of their heritage and culture, and to only date within our race. But, last week, I met a wonderful man at the grocery store in Calabasas, California. He is a black man who has captured my heart. I have never felt this way before, and I am considering dating him. However, this goes against everything I have taught my daughters and is a contradiction to the way I was raised. I'm struggling with the idea of being a hypocrite to my daughters. I don't want them to think less of me, but I also don't want to pass up a chance of happiness. Can you offer any advice on how I can approach this situation without coming across as a hypocrite to my daughters? Thank you for taking the time to read my email, and I look forward to hearing back from you. Sincerely, Emma. Emma, I thank you for those kind words, and let me tell you something. You need to be a hypocrite. You need to show your daughters that you can be wrong, instead of trying to mask and protect yourself. Because what has happened here, you have allowed yourself to get to a point where you want to be right about everything. And you've given your children a false sense of self, a false sense of self-righteousness. Now, you talked about how open-minded you were. Apparently, you guys aren't that open-minded. It's just something that makes you feel better from actually avoiding what you really want to say. And that is that you guys are patronizing towards minorities. And you never thought that you would ever be attracted to one. And now you found yourself attracted to one, and now you're trying to distance yourself from the views that you've held before. Now, I wouldn't call you a racist, but no stretch. You're more of a separatist. Or at least you were. But the desire that you express have been a desire that you've had for a long time. This is nothing new. But it was just dormant. Now that you are going to act on it, you're trying to get the support of your daughters. Now your daughters are going to look at you some kind of way because they're like, wait a minute. Um, you flipped the script here. And yes, they're going to call you a hypocrite. But at least by admitting you're one, it's better than them thinking you're one. And I'm saying. Now, what will this fly in the face of? Well, if your daughter had dated a minority or something like that, or started to, and you said, no, don't do it. If your daughters have that attitude now, mom, you should know better. It's going to be a reflection on the way they treat him way they treat you in the future. They made a lie with their father. They want to move with their father. But, here's the thing. You dug your own hole on this. By the way, you introduced the heritage and pride to them. 
colored their judgment. And yet now you're trying to backpedal out of it. Now, I want to know what is the purpose of you wanting this man? Are you looking for a future relationship, sex, curiosity? These are things you have to ask yourself. And what is happiness to you? You probably need to define that. Or is it a situation where you, for the first time, can autonomously choose the person you wanted to be with? Or the type of person you wanted to be with? After serving the obligatory well wishes of family, friends, even your husband to an extent. But in any case, it seems like you had an epiphany. Kudos to you for that, for growing. But now, at least now, you are actually trying to measure up to the things that you said you were. Open-minded, remember. And for some people, it's hard, especially in California. Let me tell you, I lived out there 39 years. A lot of people can be very superficial. And they base sometimes their um, opinions on marginalized stereotypes. I don't think you're going for that in particular. I think you genuinely like this guy, but you didn't like the packaging he was in. So, if he was white, for instance, and still had the same characteristics, you'd be more than glad to bring him in front of your kids. But being that he's black, you have to deal with something that you have laid out as a no-no to your children. And look like a hypocrite in the process. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking that you could have a discreet relationship with him. And more than likely, he's probably not going to go for it. Because he already knows those things come a dime a dozen. Over the years, I can't tell you how many discreet relationships women of other races wanted to have with me because they didn't want the peer pressure of being seen with a black man. And I wouldn't deal with them. So if they come up with that discreet shit, bye. You're not going to hide me in a closet or under a bed. Fuck that. Therefore, with this guy, you know, you can't do that with, apparently. So, let's look at some of the possible issues of fallout. It's going to shake the trust of your children in you. They may align more with their father, like you. They may view you as a hypocrite, which they will. Um, you may not get redemption from them. And again, they may. They may be relieved that you came out and said something like you're saying. Because in that way, it gives them creative license to go on and date who they would prefer, who they love. Not just based on the quota. Oh, he's got to be white. It's like some black people do. Oh, they got to be black. Or they got to be
gotta be Latino if they're Latino. Or they gotta be Filipino, Asian. It's like because you're not living your own life under that scripted doctrine. You're living the wishes of someone else. Happiness is happiness no matter what race it is. It's gonna do with race. It's with the qualities the person brings to you. There'll be some cultural differences, yes. And then what do people go by? They go by the physical characteristics. Now you probably wasn't physically attracted to a black person. But apparently you've gone beyond the physical side of it and you're looking at what the person has to offer instead of just uh, the stereotypical big penis and having a black man to provide security for you. So, substance. what you need to look for. As far as your daughters, you can't have any control over how they feel. Same thing with your ex-husband. You can't have any control over how he feels. Or your extended family or your friends. You're going to lose friends and family members support based on your decision. And based on their own personal prejudices. And as I told you before, the one thing that happens is when you make a change in your life, you're going to lose the people that benefited from you not making that change. And the people who feel as though there's a future benefit of being with you are going to go through that change with you without any reservations of doubt. So, this is your new awakening, your new horizon, your new dream. And treat it just like any other relationship. See where it goes. See if it's going to be a feasible thing. Now, there are a couple of things I need to warn you about. See, when I was up at Calabasas years ago, it was nothing but horse property. They had a few nice homes out there, but they were basically for athletes, like baseball players, football players. It wasn't a place where many celebrities lived because, you know, they were still trying to get into Beverly Hills. They were still trying to go out to Orange County. And what happened at Santa Barbara, of course, and what happened, they started building more and more larger homes out there, and it started looking more attractive. And it was closer to the studio, so it made sense for people in entertainment and other enterprises to go there. But now, he may be, you know, of course, pulled over. Cops will have that bias. Out there, I think it's with the sheriff's department you'll be dealing with. So you might have some of that. I don't know if they broke up the sheriff's street gangs in Los Angeles that they used to have. The Vikings and all the rest of those guys. Um, But these are things that you might have to really think about. You may see your partner being humiliated or harassed by people. Therefore, you know, they're coming after him because of who he is, because of the same views you used to have. Those are the same views those people are going to keep. So, best of luck to you, my dear. And, 
Uh, write me back. Let me know if I got it right. Appreciate it. Fellas, sometimes you're with your woman and you're making love to her and it's good and she's moaning and she's doing her thing and then all of a sudden her head turns around and she's looking at you doggy style face to face and you're like, how the hell did you do that? And then... got mail. Jazen, you think you know everything, and you are so quick to judge. Well, I have news for you I am 22 and my mom is 42 and we share a boyfriend together. I know it would be difficult for your feeble mind to understand. My dad walked out a couple of years ago, and my boyfriend tried to hook her up with other men and they were all jerks breaking her heart. I asked my boyfriend to be with her because it made no sense for me to be selfish with my man while she was lonely. Mom was worried because she had feelings for him and she was worried about my relationship with him. To reassure her it was okay, we had sex with him together and now it's normal for us. Mom and me don't do each other, just him together. Please get your masogonistic mind out of the gutter. Things are much better now, he is happy and so is mom. We can walk around the house totally naked and if one of us gets the urge we have sex with him anywhere we want at home. We all sleep in the same bed and have three flat screen televisions and headphones to watch our shows. Mom and me have talked to him about getting pregnant by him, she would have my sister and I would have her granddaughter. This works for us. Adriana, Northern, Kentucky. Adriana. I'm gonna give you an English book. Masagodnonic? You meant to say misogynist, I guess. I wanted the error to play. Now, you say I have a feeble mind. Okay, well, let me see here. You know what? I've been called better things by worse people than you. Or is it vice versa? I've been called worse things by better people than you. I think that's what it is. But anyway, it doesn't matter because uh, you're thinking about hurting my feelings. Honey, please, get in line. Now, let's get to the point. The point is, you became very defensive. You came out swinging because you know damn well it's hard for you to defend your position. You know it is. Anyone listening to this podcast knows what you're proposing and what you're doing. Not too many people would even co-sign on that. No bueno. So, you and your mom are sharing the same guy. Your mom's 42 and you're 22. All right. Now, a couple of things you need to think about here, dear. She had you at 20, right? Now, you're first talking about how you didn't want mom to be alone. And I noticed that you put all of the work on his shoulders to find mom a boyfriend. 
That was a red flag right there for me in the beginning. Why should he be responsible for your mom's happiness in that sense? Well, here's the reason why I think you wanted to play out this way. You were putting forth no effort because you're looking at it from the standpoint, well, I have a captive audience. I don't mind sharing him with mom, but I won't share him with any other woman. Now, I don't think this is out so much for your altruistic uh, view for your mom. Not at all. I think this is all about you. Trying to make sure that he doesn't get outside of the gene pool. That's what's going on. And besides, that word that you used, the misogynist thing that you were trying to say, the misogynistic thinking, um, let me tell you something about that. It wasn't misogynist. Anyone who's listened to this show long enough knows that I'm not. I'm fair. Something you're probably not used to. Now, here's another thing that we have to clear up. Let's clear the air on this right now while we can. I didn't once think that you and your mom were sleeping together with this man. As far as you two having a threesomes or where the two of you were solo. I never once thought that. I clearly understood what you were saying with my feeble mind, remember. And now you're at a point where you really like the way the situation is. And you're trying to justify it. And you're talking about having a baby with this man along with your mom having a baby with him. Now what if mom has complications with birth? So, you don't have any problem with mom having birth, giving birth to your sister or brother, and therefore you're giving her a grandchild from the same man. He'd be fucked if you both left him, wouldn't he? Double child support. Mm. And God help you if he has twins or triplets. That'd be something else too. Most people listening to this podcast would not agree with you one iota. That's the reason why you're so defensive. Because you know this is dysfunctional as hell. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to corral this man and keep him in arm's reach. Now I'm willing to bet you this stems from your insecurity. You probably have lost men before in the past. And this way, by him being with mom, mom poses no threat because she's an older woman. So you're not in competition with mom. Mom is more your ally trying to keep this man. I know you might think it's a good strategy, but it's bad. Your mom had reservations about it. And the only reason why she's going along with it is because she's lonely. And you're taking advantage of that. Mighty funny that all the guys that your man introduced her to were jerks. What does that say about your man? He knows a lot of jerks. So, what that can only mean is one thing. That guy that's sitting in the middle of the bed between you and your mom, while you are watching on three flat screen TVs as if that's a status symbol or something. You know, you get those at Walmart pretty cheap. And you go on Amazon and get one. Pretty cheap. You can take $600 and get... Three flat screens at 40 inches each. 
So you're not impressing anybody with that. But anyway, here's what I will tell you. If the shit blows up in your face, you know whose fault it is? Yours. Nobody else's? Mm-mm. You came up with the bright idea. You gave your man the motivation to be with your mom. So that if he were to cheat on you or break up with you, oh boy, you got that. And you also got that caveat in there. So just in case you mess up or slip up and sleep with someone else, you can always come back and say, well, you know, I gave you my mom. You had my mom and me. This shit is not even low enough to be in a trailer park. It'd be an insult to a trailer park to put some shit like this in it. Ma'am, the best thing I could suggest for you, you're talking about somebody that really needs to go to a counselor. All three of you do. You know, this is not right. I'm not even talking about it on a biblical sense. You're going to get jealous. Mom's going to get jealous at some point. Your mom's falling in love with this man. You say you love him. I just see problems ahead. What happens if you and your mom have a falling out over something else besides him? Whose side is he going to pick? What if he gets tired of both of you and decides to go out and get with another woman? What if he gets tired of being with the old you, mom, and being with the new you, you? The only thing I could say... There's an app called Cousins. You might want to check that. Just to make sure you're not related to him. Just saying. There's some backwater shit I've ever seen it before. You've got mail. Jazen, my name is George and I have been listening to your show now for a couple of months. I'm faced with something that was brought to my attention yesterday after coming home from work. My wife's best friend pulled me to the side and said she needed to speak to me. Both my wife and I know that she has somewhat of a crush on me and naturally I was thinking that she was trying to make her move or make a pass. I was ready to shut her down until she told me that she witnessed my wife cheating on me on girls night out and another of my wife's girlfriend made it possible. Of course, I did not want to believe her because I thought it was just something where she was trying to drive a wedge between us so that she could pursue me. Trust me, I am nothing to look at most women will pass by me and not think anything of it, I am no prize. However, some of the details made me concerned because she did go on girls night out last Thursday as usual and she didn't come back until Friday morning. She claimed that she stayed over at the other girlfriend's house because it was late, but I didn't bother checking because she's always had girls night out on Thursday and I trusted her. I called this girlfriend of hers and reluctantly she told me the truth that my wife would use girls night out in order to come over her place to get laid by different men. In a way she sounded kind of relieved because she felt uncomfortable having her place used as a crash pad. She apologized but I was upset about the whole ordeal. I asked her how long this has been going on and she said for about a year. 
I asked her about how many men and she said at least one a week if not more. I feel like a damn fool working two jobs, bought her a new car while I'm still driving a beat up F-150 that has a major oil leak, got into a house that we could barely afford, and paid for her to go to nursing school, and I get this in return. It seemed like there was a rift between she and this other girlfriend because there was a lot of things that she had on her chest that she wanted to get off. At first, I wanted to hang up, but as she continued to talk I decided to listen to her. The reason why we had such a hard time and I had to work two jobs was because she was also borrowing money from this woman and still owes her almost $2,000 for money she would borrow in order to take out these younger men that she was sleeping with. So, my wife was being pimped but other men while she pimped me. Now that I have this information I am just wondering what would be a good way of starting the conversation about this. I have already cancelled every credit card in her name and I have worked on taking her name off of all the accounts at the bank. George. I'm smiling because I'm pissed off at myself. George. Man, you've gone through a lot. Let me tell you something. First of all, you want to know how to start that conversation. I would get in touch with both of those women and say, hey, you know what? What I'd like for you to do is to set it up and the one lady that she frequents over her house most of the time, I would tell her, I said, well, why don't you do this? I'll pretend like I don't know. Next girl's night out, she's going to come over to your place more than likely. Let her do so. And I'll just happen to already be there when she walks through the door with the guy. Now, she might not go for that and say, no, I don't want that drama at my house. <laughs> well, the other thing, you could have her to talk to you with this woman at your house and the other woman who snitched. And see what kind of lie she's going to squirm out. She's more than likely going to lash out at the two women. That would go for the least passive resistance. I can't get out. Path of resistance. But here's the thing that I would tell you. This may not be a good thing or a healthy thing at all. I think you're trying to figure out a way to approach this without getting mad. I commend you for that. You should. She's not worth raising your voice over. She's not worth raising a hand up. She's not worth it, man. You know more than she thinks you know already. So, with that, you're going to take the lead. And this is what you do. You say, look, um, is there something else you want to tell me that I don't already know? She's going to try to play dumb at first. And if the two women are there, she already knows the jig is up. Now, there was some falling outs there. So let's look at what she's done. She's milked and used her friend for money and having you to pay for all of her excursions with these other younger men that apparently she has to pay to be with her for some reason. So that in itself tells you she's these guys' sugar mama. So, let's see, George. I think 
age is a problem for you with her. She thinks you're too old for her. She wants someone younger that she can control. See, you're working Joe, George. She's got you paying the bills with your head down, taking two jobs, and making all of the sacrifices for her as she sits back, benefits, and goes into another direction with other men. You're supposed to play your part as being the plank that she walks on. Now, those two women deserve to go out to dinner. Seriously. You should take them out to dinner. Thank them. Because they didn't have to do it. Now, the one lady that she owes the 2000 for, you got to remember, she was the conduit. She was the one that sealed the deal. It's a good thing. Tell you everything you need to know. Now, I'd work out a payment plan with her, maybe. Or she might decide to sue your wife in court. Who knows? It's out for debate. You could try counseling, but I'm guaranteeing you she's going to backpedal the hell out of that. Because she's so comfortable with what she's doing and confident in it. She might even show you her ass. I don't need any of you. I got a man. No, she's paying for men, apparently. So, what I would say, George, is this. You have so many options here. That conversation, I would probably start it off with those two women present. It'd be very hard for her to squirm out of that with a lie. But I'm willing to tell you, more than likely what's going to happen, she's going to walk out of that situation. She'd want you alone so that she can go and try to persuade you without being influenced by anybody else. But you already know the deal. There's nothing she could tell you that would counter it. But what I would do is start packing up her shit and tell her, you're going to stay somewhere, but you're not staying here. Now, see, you're a nicer man than I would be. Don't try this at home, folks. What I would do is, her girlfriend, she owed the money to I say, honey, you know what? I think I'm going to go and move in with her. She seems to have more integrity than you do. But of course, she's trying to get out of it. I can't blame her. Ladies, this is a lesson to you. Don't let that girlfriend fuck your life up like this. So George, you can try marriage counseling, see where that goes, but don't be afraid to talk to an attorney to find out what your options are, because you don't have to put up with this shit. Nope. You sure don't? You do not have to take this, and you shouldn't. 
but also she is not worth getting mad over. She's not worth getting upset over. And I know you're pissed because you worked so hard and you made all those sacrifices, but you're dealing with a woman who is thankless. Someone who doesn't care about you. She cares what you do, not what you are. She's the kind of woman that'll say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Don't put yourself behind eight ball like that, man. Don't get played like that again. But you're a better man than me. Shit, I'd have been at the divorce. I, the attorney would have been pissed at me because I'd been pacing out the front of his door waiting for him to show up for work. He gets there with his donut in his hand and his damn breakfast and his damn coffee. He's like, man, help you, sir. Yeah, uh, look, let me give me the keys. I'll open the door. Let's go on and get this paperwork filled out. <laughs> you need me to go turn on the computers? What else you need? Lights turned on? Want me to call your paralegal and find out why she's late this morning? I couldn't wait to get that man my money to get a divorce from her ass if I were you. But that's just me. I'd be in court rushing the judge and shit. Raising my hand like I gotta go to the bathroom. Judge would be like, what's wrong, uh, sir? Uh, judge, could you please hurry up? Because I don't even like being married to her this long. <laughs> could you expedite the divorce? Do I need to go in and help you sign something? Uh, maybe d- drop something off to the clerk? Anything I need to do, stamp, stamp one of the forms or something? Hell, we don't need to take a lunch break. What do you want? I'll go get it. <laughs> I'm serious. Best of luck to you, my man. But what I would recommend, really, is to see where you're going. Because only you can make this decision. It's up to you. It's a tough one to make. My decision, my decision I told you what I would do. That attorney would be sick of me. Like, damn. All right, yeah, I filed the papers. You sure everything's okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Attorney be mad as hell at me. I'm going to charge you an extra retainer fee for... That's all right, I'll pay it. (laughs) As long as I'm getting out of that marriage, I'll pay it. So... Good luck with you, George. Love to hear from you. Sent you the link. You can always come on my show. You've got mail. I really love your show and I want you to keep up the good work. My name is Kathy and I live in Florida. I'm 44 years old and have this deep fantasy about making love to a co-worker of mine who is 26, African-American and, very handsome. Normally, I am not attracted to black people not because of racism, but because the way I was raised was to fear them because we believe they hate us for being white descendants of slave owners. As far as I know my family never owned slaves and my great, great-grandparents immigrated to America from Belgium in World War II. 
My family taught us that we were supposed to stay within our own race, but there is something about this young man that makes me wet and I can't put my finger on it. No pun intended lol. I'm married for 22 miserable years and have two teenage daughters 15 and 18 and my husband would really lose it if he even thought about me having an extramarital affair, especially with a young black man. This is only a fantasy in my head right now but I have to restrain myself from making an inappropriate move on him and at times it is very difficult because we work so close together as I am training him to become a call center representative. I know he has an interest in me because of the way he talks to me about many of his personal issues and how he hopes to find a girlfriend, and I have shared some of the issues I'm having in my marriage with my husband. We have gone to counseling several times and failed miserably at it. A waste of money and effort, because it is never his fault for shit he does. Not to mention the $600 per month that leaves our household to pay for one of his bastard children from an affair he had six years ago in child support to some 30-year-old bitch he knocked up that he barely knew. He had numerous affairs on me throughout our marriage and I still have my doubts about his faithfulness. It's only half the story, dealing with him, I care not to go into the DUI and bail money wasted on his behavior in the past. Right now it's just the fantasy in my head. But if this co-worker gives me the inkling that he is down for sex with an older woman, there is absolutely nothing I see that will stop it from happening. I have listened to your podcast about discreet relationships and unfortunately this would be one of those for sure. Kathy Now, Kathy. What? Where do I start? The thing you have to realize is that what you're doing is actually destructive behavior, more so than corrective behavior. Even though you're going for the gratification of being with this younger man, and of course he's African American, as if that would make a difference, which it doesn't. You're no better off than your husband when it comes down to not respecting your institution of marriage. Now, I'm not going to sit here and give you a morality lesson or give you a life lesson. But one thing that I will say, and it's only obvious, you've been hurt, and this is your way of retaliating from that hurt. It's only obvious. I mean, I want you to think about what you're doing to yourself. Not necessarily what you're doing to him. Now, I know you're going for your gratification. All that's well and good. People do that all the time. But you have two teenage daughters that are looking up to you. And personally, I think that you're being unfair to this young man because it's only obvious what you're going for. You're going for the sexual gratification. Okay, after that's done, then what do you have? You have a few moments of orgasm and ecstasy, something you probably haven't had in your marriage for a while. But besides that, what are you trading in? What are you getting for? What about your own personal dignity? Self-respect? The problem, partially, is I understand that you want to go into counseling and point the finger. A lot of people do that. Makes them feel good. It's that moment where they could say to their partner, Hey, I got you now. Now, you know, somebody else is going to see that I'm not crazy. I'm not dealing with this by myself. Well, to some degree, that may be true. However, 
We also need to look at some other facts here. You brought this upon yourself. I hate to tell you this, but you've chosen to stay in a marriage for 22 years. Nobody actually handcuffed you and made you stay there. So there apparently was some sort of benefit or gratification for being there. Even though you talk about 22 years of a horrible marriage. I doubt that. I doubt that every day of those 22 years was horrible. It was, I think you would have kicked in your self-preservation just like you've done for this situation where you're going to go and have this affair, well at least right now in your head, with this young man. Okay, so what's after that? What's next? got mail. Subject. My horrific date and the importance of respecting boundaries. Dear Jason, I hope this email finds you well. My name is Elaine, and I am a 32-year-old single mom from San Antonio, Texas. I am a fan of your Romantic Truth podcast and appreciate the advice you give on relationships. I recently had a horrific date that I wanted to share with you and your listeners. I met this guy, let's call him John, on a dating app, and we hit it off over text. He seemed nice and respectful, so I agreed to meet him for dinner at a local restaurant. During dinner, John started making sexual advances towards me, which made me uncomfortable. I tried to change the subject and steer the conversation away from anything intimate, but he kept pushing. After dinner, John wanted to take me to his place for a nightcap, but I told him I was not ready for that kind of intimacy yet. John seemed frustrated with me, and I could tell he was disappointed. He eventually agreed to take me home, but during the ride, he tried to convince me to go back to his place again. I refused, and when he dropped me off, he seemed irritated and angry. Later that night, John called me and apologized for his behavior, saying he was just caught up in the moment. He asked for a second chance and promised to be more respectful. I agreed to another date, hoping things would be better. I wanted to share this experience with you and your listeners because it's important to set boundaries in relationships and to respect each other's wishes. It's also important to listen to your gut instincts and not let someone pressure you into something you're not comfortable with. I give Romantic Truth permission to publish this email, as I believe it could help other women who may have gone through a similar experience. Thank you for your time and for your great podcast. Best regards, Elaine. Elaine, I appreciate the compliment you gave me for the show. However, my dear, let's face some facts here. Why are you going out on a second date with this guy? What did he do to warrant a second date? He insulted you and gave you an excuse for his behavior. You were uncomfortable when he did what he did. Inappropriate remarks and you went on and took that. Ladies, this is how women get in trouble with men. He's already given you a glaring red flag in a lane you're willing to ignore. How lonely are you, my dear? Are you so lonely that you have to learn the lesson twice? Being that he did it one time, and he's got forgiveness for it, What's going to stop him from going again? 
doing the same thing. Nothing. You've given him creative license to be who he is. He's a jerk. He let you know he was a jerk in the beginning. And you've accepted his jerkdom. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen on the second day. He's going to probably be a little bit more respectful to a certain point. And if he thinks he has an angle of trying it again, he's going to try it from a different approach. Doesn't mean that he's going to give up on his agenda. And his agenda is to sleep with you. That's it. You're going to wind up pulling a condom out of you in his bed and he's going to be ready for you to get the hell out of his apartment. Because now, what he's going to try to do is prove a point to himself. You don't tell me no. And this is your punishment for giving me a second chance. I could be totally wrong on this. But I want you to understand one thing. His ego was bruised by being rejected. He possibly looks at rejection as disrespect. And what he probably want to do is get his respect back for himself. You're playing into his hand. I know you may be a Christian, don't know that for a fact, just assuming, I could be wrong. You believe in redemption. But there's something about this guy that you really like. That's the reason why you're giving him a second chance. Maybe you were enamored by some of the things he chatted with you online. Enough to get you in that mindset that, oh, this is just a part of him. I, I can get around that. This is the kind of guy that you're going to find a lot of things about as you get to know him. But here's the one thing that I will tell you. Sleeping with him would be the worst thing you could possibly do. You know, when a guy messes up on a date, because I've messed up on dates before, the one thing you have to realize is you get that thing when you know you've blown it. It's that little mental tap on the shoulder you get that says, you know what, you screwed this up. Back off. He doesn't have that. What he did was to get empathy from you. And I'm willing to bet when he called you back, he gave you a lot more of a reason to excuse him than what you've written. He talked you back in. And you're going to fall for it again. Now, here's the other thing you got to realize. Let's think about it for a moment. This is your first date with him. And he treated you like that. Can you imagine the other women that he's gone out with and dated that he treated the same way? See, this behavior is something more than likely that he's already mastered. You're an amateur at 
discovering or deciphering what he's done. He's a pro at what he does. So you outmanned and outgunned at the gate. You can make up any excuse and you'll fall for it. What he was doing was testing you. And now that he knows he can be redeemed for his sins, he sees you as someone that he could easily manipulate and maneuver around. I don't think it's a good idea to go back out with him. Now here's another question you gotta ask yourself. Why was he so adamant about you going to his place? You'll be a fool to take him up on that offer anytime soon. Sounds very serial killerish to me. Now another thing too. You broke the golden rule. You let this man pick you up on the first date. Maybe on the second date you should drive yourself. And that way you have more control over the situation. Don't have to worry about it so much. I tell men all the time. If ever a woman wants you to pick pick her up, and she's volunteering that you pick her up, one thing I would say to you is this: be very careful, and you might want to pick her up somewhere where it's well lit, where there's not a lot of people around hanging around. I'm talking about such as like picking her up at an apartment complex and there's a whole bunch of dudes standing outside. Not the safest environment. You could get rolled. Or even worse, she gets in your car, you're driving down the street, there's a guy walking down the street and she says, oh, that's my cousin, could you give him a ride? Rule of thumb, you pick up no hitchhikers on a date. Just don't do it. Playing it safe. Now, I don't know what he told you. None of my business. It was your conversation with him. And thank you for sharing what you shared. But we have to be realistic about a few things, too. This man has an agenda, and you know it. Sleeping with you is part of it. You may want to go somewhere where the two of you can actually have a serious talk. Tell him about how that impacted you if you're going to go on the second date with him, which you agreed to apparently. Don't try to figure him out. Don't try to study him. Don't try to make him your project to work on. Don't try to change or fix broken for a reason, because that's the way he wants to be. You know, it's like a person that has ADHD, and there could be a painting on the wall, and it could be crooked, and it just irks them that that thing is crooked, 
and you got to go over there and put your hands on it, even though you're not in your own home. And it's hard for some people. You go to somebody, I went to one friend's house years ago, and he had trash that stacked up in the kitchen. Trash bags full. They had like four or five trash bags full of trash. Talking about going to the kitchen and get a beer. Like, I ain't gonna go in that damn kitchen with. Nah, that's alright, bro. I don't need a beer. Oh, what's wrong? That trash? Yeah, I'm gonna take it out later. You know what? cut my visit short so he could take his trash out later. Later was when I left, hopefully. You gotta learn there's certain things you can't change because it's not yours to change. And he's one of those things that you can't change because he's not yours to change. Get some respect for yourself. Trying to talk yourself into something is a bad idea. The very words you said in this email are the very things you have contradicted. The respect for yourself would start with you not going out on a second date with them. You've got mail. Subject. Falling in love with an older man. Dear Jason, I am Brahanna, a 26-year-old from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I am writing to you because I listen to your podcast and I need your advice on a personal matter. I have fallen in love with a man from Butte, Montana, who is 62 years old. We met online, and we have been talking for a few months now. We share a lot of common interests, and our conversations are always engaging and stimulating. The problem is that my family would disapprove of this relationship because of the age gap. I haven't told them about him yet, but I know they would not be happy if they found out. They might even try to convince me to end the relationship, and I don't want that. I care about him deeply, and I want to be with him. I am not sure what the best strategy would be for me to be happy with him without losing the support of my family. I don't want to keep this a secret from them, but I also don't want to lose them. I am torn between my love for him and my loyalty to my family. I would really appreciate your advice on how to handle this situation. What can I do to make my family understand my feelings for him? Is there a way to convince them that age doesn't matter when it comes to love? How can I make them see that he makes me happy, and I want to be with him? Please feel free to share my email on your podcast. I think there are many people out there who might be going through similar situations, and your advice could be helpful to them as well. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Best regards, Brahanna. Brahanna, the only thing I can say, dear, is this. I thank you for that. I don't give advice. The only thing I do is give you my opinion of what I would do if I were in your shoes. It's up to you to make your own independent choice. You're a grown person. The people who listen to this show are leaders in their own lives. Not followers, but leaders. And don't forget to subscribe, folks, and to make sure that you spread the word about podcasts, this particular podcast, of course, Romantic Truths. All right, let's get to it. Brianna, um, 
what I see is that you're still committed to the obligatory uh, how can I best say it? The obligatory regalness of the family. In other words, you still are looking for affirmation from them. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if you had to get affirmation from them for everything you've done in life. Even the school you probably chose to go to for college, if you went to college, or if you went to a trade school. It seems to me that you like other people making decisions for you. This is what I get. Is that part of the reason why this older man may be a little bit more um, appealing to you? Now, there's another thing too that you have to look at here. Being that you're waiting for the family to approve, trying to figure out a way of how they're going to approve, first you got to ask yourself, how are you going to make it in the relationship? He's in Montana. You're in Idaho, true enough, so I'm going to stay away. But here's the thing. You want to have your cake and eat it too. You already know you have to have a hard decision to be made. The thing is, you don't want to make it. You'd prefer someone else to it. This means that you'll do whatever it takes in order to coddle the family to like this guy. Now, he's considerably older than you are. It's only obvious, right? You're going to have generational differences. He's going to be a little bit more conservative, maybe a little bit more religious, maybe a little bit more right-leaning. Now, you got to ask yourself, is this something you want to do? Now, I can't throw stones at you on this one because my dad was 65, my mom was 22 when they got married. I was, what, born when she was 22 and he was 65. And what I can tell you is this. The one thing that you'll discover is that if you guys were to have a child, for instance, let's go with that, being that I'm a product of that union, you got to remember, that kid's never had that much time with his father. I'm going to tell you, I had to squeeze out the best years of my father's life at the end of his life down here. And one thing I will tell you also is you got to deal with his family. They may not approve of you because you're too young. If he has sons and daughters, uh, they may raise a hand about that, especially if assets are to be involved with the family. They'll probably tell dad, hey, you know what? Um, no, you're going to go and get some sort of uh, prenuptial or something signed so that we will still get our inheritance. Your family's looking at it from the standpoint that you may be wasting your youth because we have to face some facts in our society. Aging is not a complimentary thing. And every generation, no matter what generation it is, when they start getting older, they want to always say that 50 is the new 40, 60 is the new 50, that kind of thing. Because they can't let go. Life is a conveyor belt. You 
Start at the very bottom at birth, and you go all the way as far as you can that life will give you, and then you go over the top in death. What you're going to have to understand is that the time you're wasting trying to seek approval is the time you need to see whether or not the relationship is going to work. Now, my father was only three years younger than my grandfather, as I recall. But, because of his reputation, the man he was, he was accepted by my grandparents. Maybe different on your end. But one thing that you have to realize is that you cannot allow yourself be put in a situation where you're depending on your family to make decisions for you or other people to make them for you. My question to you is, did this man have to persuade you to be with him or is it something that you voluntarily liked about him and genuinely wanted to go for him? These are questions only you can answer. If you guys choose to get married, how's that going to work out? There are going to be people on both sides of the equation that are not going to be satisfied with you being with him. Even though we say age is nothing but a number, no, it's a reality, not just a number. You don't think about that while things are going well. When that older person starts to get sick, the health starts to falter. A lot of people rethink their position. As I told you, when I was a younger man, I had a cutoff. If a woman tried to talk to me, 45 was my cutoff. And there were some exceptions that I made if she was like 48 or 49. For the most part, I kept it at 45 because I knew my limitations. And you have to know those things. I knew I wouldn't be ready to take care of a woman that was convalescent when I was still young. Because I still had to take care of my parents when they got into that capacity. So that was the reason why I didn't want to burn myself out before I had to take care of my parents in that same capacity. Something you have to think about. Because that can wear on you very heavily. The other thing too, he's not going to be able to participate in certain things as you will physically. He's going to get tired when you guys have sex, for instance. You may still be horny after the whole ordeal. Viagra is not a magic cure. Viagra works and then you need to take a break from it. You can't live off of that. You might be dealing with a situation where he may have erectile dysfunction. It happens in 40% of men, according to one study. Meaning that that's a reality you have to face. There have been women that have ridden into this show in their 50s who married men, and the men that they married well into their 60s. And they had been married for God knows how many years, and now all of a sudden, 
he has erectile dysfunction. And these women are frustrated. In some cases, they have heart conditions where they can't taste certain stimulants. And these women want to go out and be with other men. That's something you have to look at when it comes to forfeiting that portion of your youth and your vitality. So it's a compromise you have to make and a conscious one that you will have to make, not one that you should just make to please and appease even him or your family. This is a choice you have to make. I'm not going to sit here and make this choice for you. You're going to have to make it independent. But let's look at some of the pros and some of the cons. I've already pointed out one of the cons, of course, the kid, if you decide to have one with them. The other will be how you're going to handle the social implications. Look at that old man with that young woman. My mom had to contend with that. If you're seeking approval of your family, I'm sure you're seeking approval of your friends and everyone else around you. Please understand you're going to lose some people along the way if you go with this relationship. It'd be the equivalent if you were dating a fat guy that was way overweight, or if you were dealing with a man of a different race, if you were dealing with a drug addict or whatever. Something that's not considered the norm by what other people would hold you to as a standard should not necessarily be the standard that you hold yourself to. It has to be one that you're comfortable with. And you're going to have to put that all aside because it's your life, not theirs. The people that you're trying to get approval from and affirmation from, they'll be dead and gone. You'll probably be winding up, and I don't mean to sound crass about this, but you still have to live a life long after they're gone. What are you going to do? Magically start enjoying your life with him after they're going away? This is a choice. The problem is, when you go to seek approval from family members and friends too often, they realize after a while that they have that much clout and power over you. And if you make a decision that they don't approve of, they sit back and wait for you to fail. So they can say, I told you so. And then they start losing confidence in your own judgment. And it shakes your confidence in your judgment and therefore you feel as though they make the best decisions for you. Now I'm willing to bet you that in the past you had a bad relationship and your family told you I told you so and this time around you're not trusting your own judgment it failed you last time you're going with somebody else's opinion just like you want to go with mine which I can't give you because it's up to you to make that decision. You gotta look within yourself for the answer. What can you tolerate, what you can't tolerate? And you don't know how you're gonna be accepted by his family, if at all.
And I can tell you something. His daughters, if he has daughters, they can be your worst enemy or they can be your worst friend. You notice I didn't say best friend, I said worst friend. They can tolerate you, but still hold you as suspect. Now there's some that just may, you know, it could work out very well where they love you and embrace you. And, you know, your his family may be more accepting of the relationship than your family. And you're going to have to realize you may have to shift uh, your dependency on support from something that you've known for a very long time to something that's foreign, such as his family. Because throughout the relationship, you will need support. The support of friends, and you're going to lose friends behind this. You're going to lose constituents. You're going to have people looking at you as if to say, what the hell's wrong with you? You're an attractive young lady with this old man. Oh, trust me, and older women get this when they date younger men. Oh, she's only with him for the sex. Oh, she's a sugar mom. Oh, she's just using him. I know we say we don't care what people think, but we actually do. The reason why we do is because guess what it does? That's the thing that triggers our defense mechanism. To make us so protective of it. As I told you before, we all have insecurities. It's not how you react to them how you manage them. As I'm giving you the analogy, my biggest insecurity is a polar bear. Sounds weird, sounds far-fetched. If I ever get caught on the ice in somewhere like Churchill, Canada, and he's got my scent, he can outrun me, he can outswim me, he's stronger than I am. I don't stand too much of a chance. So, what is one of my limitations? I don't take my ass up to Churchill, Canada, ever, for anything else. Sometimes, we have to know our limitations. Your limitation is that you have got to start making decisions for yourself. Quit allowing people to make them for you. Quit allowing people to manipulate you and guide you in certain ways. Okay, you make a mistake. You probably made a mistake with the past relationship. And they're probably holding that over your head for God knows how long. Just because they were successful in their relationship, there ain't no place to judge because you really don't know what's going on with them. You know, when I used to hear people always talk about they've been married 20, 40 years and all these huge numbers. There's a lot of shit that that couple went through that the people on the outside don't know about. And we always say, oh, that's beautiful that you guys have been together that long. The hardships, the disagreements, the compromises, the disputes, the anger, the happiness, the sadness. They had to go through all these emotions in order to make that thing work. decisions had to be made. 
and it will have to be made. What you're going to have with this older guy is wisdom, because he's lived longer than you. You're going to be short on that because you're still young. You don't have the experience yet. But in exchange, you could introduce him to some things that his generation didn't have. Technology. An appreciation of new things of change. And that's how you have to have this to work. And you guys can synchronize and make it work. Now most people, and I'm sure most uh, therapists would probably tell you it's not a good idea for the two of you think about being together. But you have to take it on its own merit and see whether it's worth it. If it's worth it for the two of you to be together, you will be together. But what you're going to have to do is understand that you got to cut the apron strings for family. You know, there was this lady that I knew years ago and she always wore houndstooth business suits now houndstooth was a pattern that was really popular like in the 70s late 60s and it faded over time nobody was wearing a damn houndstooth houndtooth outfit and she was a very attractive woman but she dressed like she was in the 1960s and it really didn't compliment her and I told her about it one day, and she told me that's just the way she was brought up. And I said, okay. I said, but did you grow after you were brought up? And she was like, what do you mean? I said, you're still wearing the same clothes that you wore when you were younger, the same pattern, same pattern. I said, that print is played out. Nobody's wearing that anymore. And this was during the 1990s. And she thought about it and she said, you know, I never looked at it that way. I said, maybe you should wear something a little bit more contemporary. When I told her this, I met her sister for the first time that came from Atlanta, out to LA. And the first thing she told me was, Thank you so much. We thought we'd never get out of those clothes. She bought her sundress. She and her sister. And she saw herself for the first time wearing something different. It was all business suits, that kind of thing. She even looked better. Started to smile more. But she had to go through that change. And this is a change you have to go through with your family. To let them know respectfully, hey, um, I'm all grown up now. I love you guys. I respect your opinion. But the decision is made. I'm going to be with you. I would appreciate your support in this endeavor. And if you don't want to support me, I will understand it and still love you just the same. that to them, so they'll understand. And don't worry about the fear of being alienated. 
All that's in your head. It hasn't taken place in reality yet. You know, it's kind of interesting. Some people will be very skeptical of you in the beginning. When I started this podcast, a lot of my friends were like, man, why are you doing that? I don't make any money doing that. That shit, why are you doing it? That's what they said five years ago. Many of those same people are trying to get on this show right now. Sometimes people see you as a failure until someone else gives you the approval of success. The best thing you can do to prove them wrong Prove yourself right by making the choice you need to make that's in your best interest and the best interest of that relationship if you want it to flourish. Because I'm going to tell you something. In his 60s, he's not going to sit around and wait for you to make a decision. He's going to make it for you. Say to yes, we're together, or no, we're not. And if you're separating and trying to think whether or not you want to be in it or whatever, he's going to make the decision for you and say, thanks but no thanks. He's going to move on. Security team in the background, folks. But that's what he's going to do. But it's up to you once again. Best of luck to you, my dear. of Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.